Welcome to Origin Gates Daily Podcast Wisdom's Echo. My name is Robbie Venter, sharing an insight of the day. Today we're going to be talking about the power of belief. And the reason I'm going to be talking about this is because in my coaching business, um, I deal with a lot of entrepreneurs around the world and nine times out of ten when we come across limitations or challenges or areas in which they're struggling with their business or with their lives or relationships, it links back to a belief. And so I've been fascinated to see that um, I've encountered many of the same limiting beliefs um, in various people. And of course, I have worked through some of these own limiting beliefs myself. And I've, I've noticed that when you shift the belief, you shift all the outcomes in your life that are associated with the belief. So one of the quotes I came across is that you make your beliefs and then your beliefs make you. So in other words, you determine what your beliefs are, but then your, de- your beliefs determine the, the nature and the quality of the outcomes that are generated in your life. So just before I get started uh, on, on the subject, and there's a couple of specific beliefs that I want to address, I just want to lay a foundation, um, firstly scriptural, and then a couple of real life examples of the power of belief. But just, just going over a few scriptures, um, says that these things are written that you may believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So the link that gives us life in his name is believing. Another scripture says the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. So in other words, the word of God is not at work in those who don't believe. So again, believing is the link to the word of God working in us. Another scripture says, believe in the Lord Yeshua and you will be saved. So again, belief is the link which opens up the process of salvation. Anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. So again, belief is the link that enables us to receive the things that we request in prayer. And another scripture, which is one of my favorites, says all things are possible for those who believe. So we can see that scripture addresses this concept of belief on many occasions. And I've only just pulled out a few of the scriptures. There's many more that you can go and look at if you like. But From a psychological perspective, uh, we have around 80,000 thoughts a day. Now, vast majority of those are subconscious, and there's different estimates around it. Some say 50,000, some say 60,000, and some say 80,000. But whether it's 50,000 or 80,000, we have a lot of thoughts, right? And thoughts are powerful because thoughts lead to feelings. Um, feelings lead to our um, our general state, our mood, and and our mood generally leads to the quality of life that we experience. Right, so that that affects things like our energy levels. It affects things like our bodies. It affects things like our relationships. It, it affects things like our ability to perceive 
and take hold of opportunities. So why do I mention all of these things? Because the driver of our thoughts is actually our beliefs. So our belief system is really the the area and the the part of our makeup that's responsible for driving our thoughts and then thoughts lead to feelings, feelings lead to all of these other things in our lives. So again, we can see that beliefs are extremely powerful. So an example I came across was a guy called Roger Bannister, and I'm sure you guys have heard of him, but he was the first guy to run the four minute mile. Now, the interesting thing is that the general belief was that it wasn't possible. So he obviously shattered that by doing it. And the interesting thing is that in the same year, eight other people also ran a four minute mile. And by the next year, more than 50 people had run a four minute mile. So the interesting thing that I find is that the shift that took place wasn't on the level of physical fitness. It wasn't even on the level of physical ability. It wasn't like these people were necessarily training more. All that shifted was the fact that they believed it was possible. And due to the shift in belief, it shifted the outcome for so many of the world's top athletes. And so again, here's just an example of how a belief can drastically impact our lives and the quality of the outcomes that are generated in our lives. So there are three areas of belief that I want to look at quickly before I get into specific examples of the belief systems I want to tackle in this session. But we generally form beliefs around three key areas. The first is um, beliefs about ourselves. The second is beliefs about others. And then the third is our beliefs around Yahweh or God. And it's interesting to me that I've come across some people who have been through situations where they've been mistreated by other people or they've been through a level of abuse. I myself have gone through very challenging periods um, as, as a young person. But the interesting thing that happens is we have a specific event that takes place. Like let's say, for example, someone betrays us. Then we begin to form a belief around that specific situation and we say people are not trustworthy I can't trust people people always hurt me Um, things go wrong when I trust people people have bad intentions towards me and so when we form a belief around that that is a choice it's not an automatic process and for a lot of us this happens subconsciously it doesn't happen intentionally but Nonetheless, we form the belief and it becomes an umbrella or an overarching belief in our lives. And then what happens is that that belief begins to inform our experience of life. All right. So when we believe that other people aren't trustworthy, what happens is that we begin to attract into our lives people who aren't trustworthy. And so it may have been triggered by an initial event that was genuinely not fair or where someone had wronged us or something had gone wrong. But then what happens is the belief begins to perpetuate similar circumstances and it begins to draw in similar circumstances into our lives. And so what I work with with a lot of the people that that I journey with, I say to them, what are the beliefs 
What are the beliefs that you've formed that are limiting in nature? And then I say, why did you choose that belief? And are you aware that that belief was a choice? And are you willing to adopt a more empowering belief? And so we've got to clear and eliminate the beliefs that are limiting. And we've got to instill within ourselves more powerful and more empowering beliefs. I know for myself, I had some beliefs around God um, that were inaccurate. And I think for a lot of people, the most wicked and um, enduring idol for a lot of believers is a false perspective of who God is. And they would rather cling on to uh, familiar beliefs around who God is because tearing that down shakes them at the core of who they are because they've lived for so long with the belief system around who God is. And oftentimes this is very inaccurate and it's based on um, third-hand information from other people. So I was in this position and the Lord said to me, I want you to tear down your view of who I am and start again. And I know that that was a very difficult process. The third area of belief that's very important is our beliefs about ourselves. And I know in this area, um, Yahweh said to me, I want you to esteem yourself the way that I esteem you. And the word esteem comes from estimation. So the value you place on yourself, your belief around your own value is one of the most um, crucial determining factors for uh, your life experience. And let me tell you, I have found that the people, the circumstances and the events that show up in your life are also hugely determined by the extent that you value yourself. If you don't value yourself, you're going to attract, um, yeah, like I said, low quality outcomes in your life. And so again, for me, this was an area where I needed to shift my belief system because I felt wrongly that it was pride and arrogance to think highly of yourself in the right way in the sense of you can be completely humble and also believe that you're equal with God. So I want to look at a specific story that highlights a belief system that's wrong. And that's the story of the prodigal son. And we often focus on the younger son in the story, but this time around, I want to look at the older son. So just reading from the scripture, um, the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and alive again. He was lost and is found, so they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard the music and dancing. So he called to one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he was because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, come home, you killed the fatted calf for him. And this is the bit I want us to pay attention to. My son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours, but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again, was lost and is found. 
So the oldest son operated under a belief system, and here's the key I want us really to pay attention to. He operated under the belief system that what belonged to the father, he did not have access to. So have you ever heard anyone say, I'm just waiting for the father to release the provision? I'm just waiting for God to release it. Well, that's the type of mindset I'm talking about that this older son operated around. He believed that he was entitled to something due to the fact that he had worked hard, obeyed orders, and served the father faithfully. He believed that that is what should have led to him having access to the father's resources. The sad reality is that he had access to the resources all along, not because of his actions or the fact that he had earned anything, but because of his blood lineage. Again, the father says, my son. So in other words, my offspring, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. And so I believe that the reason why Yeshua speaks of this parable is to highlight to those of us who believe that we don't have access to the Father's resources that actually we do. The interesting thing as well was that what the Son believed was not what the Father believed. So the Father believed that if the Son wanted something, that He would have taken it. And so... The father doesn't correct the thinking of the son either. He doesn't go out of his way to correct this belief system until he blows up and actually highlights to the father what he's thinking. So this shows us that reviewing our belief systems, checking our belief systems with the father, checking our belief systems with those around us, analyzing our belief systems is our responsibility. So then the question becomes, how do we access our inheritance? And the first answer to that question, and there's a lot we can talk about in that, but pertaining to belief is believing that we have access. And so, yes, there's a a process of maturity that, that must take place. I understand that. But in this case, the thing that limited the son was his belief that he didn't have access to the father's resources when in fact he did. So what blocked him was nothing other than his own false belief. Next time around, I'm going to be contrasting the difference between a belief system of a son and a slave. And really the main difference, which I'll leave with you to think about, is the ability and willingness to take initiative. The father expected the son in this scenario to take the initiative if he wanted access to resources. But the son operating under a slave mentality was waiting for an instruction, was waiting for a release and constantly put the onus of action back onto the father. You never did this for me, father. Yet the father was putting the onus of responsibility back onto the son saying, you never took it. So that would be one of the major differences, but next time we'll dig into that some more. So thank you for listening, and I encourage you to do a stock take, like I often do myself, of what you believe and to eliminate limiting beliefs and to instill empowering beliefs. All the best.